0: Welcome to the Vineyard Cleveland podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For further information and other resources, please visit vineyardcleveland.org. Well, hi, everyone. It is a just a great privilege to be here and sharing with you as we continue our series on the Lord's Prayer. Um, our... Our text, the the portion of the Lord's Prayer, we we broke it into, into little bits. So, you know, normally we might start a sermon off with the time of reading our scripture. So let's do that. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, uh, that part is done. No, that's our that's our section for today. Hi, buddy. <laughs> um, so I'm really glad to be uh, sharing about that. Give us this day our daily bread. And I was uh, I was telling my wife, which you know, which section of the prayer that I got to pick and, you know, give us this day, our daily bread. And she was like, oh, that's perfect for you. And I was like, oh, thank you. I do try to, you know, model living day to day and like dependence on the Lord. And she's like, well, I just meant because it's about food. So so that was a good uh, humbling moment to start off with. But, um, it is, it is about food, but it's also about more than food, and I think we'll see that today. So um, let me just pray and invite the Lord into what we're doing here. So Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to share from your Word. I pray that it would be your words that, um, that go into people's hearts, Lord. I want you to be the center of all of this, and I ask that uh, your voice would speak to us in the places where we need to hear it that the the power that comes from from the Word would be your Spirit working in our hearts. And I just invite you to do that and to have your way and to speak what you want to speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So when we read in the Lord's Prayer that, you know, this is how Jesus taught us to pray. And I think we can, like, easily just gloss over that. But if Jesus taught us to pray this way, this is how Jesus Himself also would pray when He was here. You know, He's He's giving us not just a, you know, it's not just a manual, but a kind of an insight into how He approached His life with the Father on Earth, and. It's amazing that he was able to boil down prayer to such a simple thing. You know, when the disciples came to him, when he gave them the Lord's Prayer, he did that because they asked him, well, teach us how to pray. How how do we talk to God? And I love how he just made it very simple for them. But although it's very simple, it's also very deep. And I think that the way that um, Jesus related to God, it was so, like, everything he did was part of one cohesive whole. Um, The word that comes to mind is integrity with Jesus. That everything that was part of him was connected. And, um, you know, we often think of integrity in the church and, you know, in the way of like accountability and what you do when nothing's watching. But the root of the word and what it actually means is one piece. The integrity is that one thing fits all together. And so what we're going to see as we look through this is that Jesus— there's no uh, separation between like the physical and the spiritual levels of the prayer. It's all part of one unified whole for Jesus. And this part about something as practical as food, as bread, is a, is a perfect illustration of that, right? So I'm going to move this pedal before I step on it and ruin something. I know I can see it happening because I want to be looking at you. So the practical and the spiritual as one— So, on the very surface, give us this day our daily bread. Is it actually about bread? Yes, it is. It's actually about bread. It. Jesus is very—he cares about the practicals of our life. He wants us to have what we need um, for survival. He wants us to, you know—and Kind of as an aside, I didn't really have this in my notes, but it feels important to note that Jesus is not just about giving us, like, the bare minimum or the the little the little bit of bread that, like, you know, a, a bread and water diet. This is, you know, bread is kind of, and the Bible has lots to say about bread, but it's often like an umbrella term for, like, all we eat. And I think that Jesus made us with the ability to appreciate really good things, um, too. So I don't want to just be like, oh, Jesus is going to give you your bread and water so that you just barely make it through each day. I don't actually think that's what it's about here, that Jesus is—what he's saying is that he'll provide, but it's not a comment on, you know, whether you just get little communion wafers or whether you get, like, lovely, warm, baked bread, right? So it's, uh, it's not a comment on that. And actually, I think that— um, the daily bread. Like, it's okay for us to ask for things that are beautiful and bring joy and stuff in that too. But the point here is that God actually cares about the practical day-to-day of our life. He doesn't want us to go hungry, and He's not—you know, God is spirit, and we worship in spirit and truth. But again, there's no, like, separation between like the spiritual and the physical where one is better than the other. We're, we're both. We're whole people like Jesus was, right? So when the people came out to him in the wilderness to hear him speak, they were hungry and he saw that and he's like, he wasn't like, well, you know, they should be, this spiritual bread should be enough to carry them home. He's like, no, we need to give them some food. And that led to the feeding of the 5,000, um, a great example of God providing actual bread, um, in a miraculous way, and so we see that in Jesus, and we see that you know all the way back through Israel's history. You know, Jesus giving the bread out in the wilderness, and actually, what his prayer here is like—he's making a known callback to an event that happened before. And you guys probably know what it is. It's the time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert, and God gave them manna, which is the which is bread from heaven. Um, the, his provision for them. So um, I wanted to read a little bit about of that section just as a a way to kind of hone in on some of the like the practicals and the spiritual. So um, if we have that slide, it's in um, Exodus chapter 16, but it should also be up on the screen. If not, um, you could turn to it in Exodus 16, um, starting in verse 14. And I'll Read some of it, maybe more than what's on screen. So this is how God provided for the Israelites in the desert. So when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. And when the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer, it's about two quarts, my footnote says, according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with the omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But some of them didn't listen to Moses, and they left part of it to the morning, and it grew worms and stank. <laughs> I like how the Bible throws those uh, details in. Um, And then jumping down um, on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers each. And Moses said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they did lay it aside till the morning as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were not worms in it. So, Do you guys see the connection there between the, just the practicals of gathering food but how God makes provision for the spiritual rest that he wants to give his people on the Sabbath? These, these things are connected in. And I love, too, just the picture that God gave us by having them gather bread that wasn't going to last for an extra day if they tried to like hoard it and scrape up all, you know, a bigger section of the stuff off the ground than they were supposed to that wasn't rewarded but a day-to-day dependence and a willingness to go out and take just what they needed for that day was i think that is a pretty powerful for uh, picture for us as we try to provide for our own needs, right? it is really easy for us and I honestly i think it's the it's the common wisdom in our like western culture that we should always be saving up more than we need more than we need more than we need until finally someday maybe we'll feel safe you know in that and then we can like be generous or stop working or whatever it is that we want to do at that time but i feel like god is inviting us in this in this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. There's an invitation there to take it one day at a time and to think, okay, I have what I need for today. Do I need to take more? Do I need to spend more time storing up more things? Or is there something else that God would have me to do? Is there a way I can share and make sure that everybody has enough this day? Is there a way that I can continue to maintain my dependence on the Lord. Right? It's just very easy for us to begin to think we're our own security. Our own job, our own skills that we provide, our own bread. And I think what Jesus is after in the prayer is like yeah, we want to ask Jesus for the things and there's many people that that prayer is a daily reality. They they don't know where their meals are coming from, but people pray this needing food. For those of us who have food and don't have that as a daily worry, the prayer is an invitation for us to remain dependent on the Lord. Give us what we need for this day and show us what to do with what you've given. So I don't want to spend my time gathering up stuff and storing it if it's just going to grow worms and stink. Don't you? But when we follow in obedience to Jesus, there might be seasons of storing up like he had them do before the Sabbath, right? So again, we don't want to make this into a legalistic rule for ourselves. We want to walk day by day with the Lord. And every sixth day when it was time for the Sabbath so that they wouldn't have to gather on the day when they were supposed to rest, he let them gather double and it was fine that day and only that day. And I love that picture, like that constant dependence, that they couldn't, they couldn't uh, work the system. They couldn't manipulate God to their ends. They followed him, and he provided for them what they needed. It's a quick verse in the Bible, but they ate manna in the desert for 40 years, it says. And that was a lot of practice for them in walking on dependence. Do you remember why they were out there? They were out there because God told them, go into this land and take it. And they were like, we can't do it. It's too much. The people are giants and they're scary. And uh, and God still provided for them. And he provided for them in a way that would teach them about how to walk in dependence. And so Jesus, there's I'm pretty positive that Jesus is calling back directly to that when he says, give us this day our daily bread and the prayer. This is a thing that an Israelite should know about. They should know and they should be reminded. In the, you know, in the current situation where they were, it was kind of like a wilderness in some ways, even though they were in their own land. You know, they were under the oppressive rule of Rome, and they were looking to Jesus for deliverance. And he wasn't like, go into the land and seize it. He went back to give us this day our daily bread, which is interesting. This is the the wilderness provision. And uh, maybe that wasn't what they wanted, but it was an invitation to something of what his kingdom would actually be like. Um. And just as a side note on this, I also felt like this is important. The fact that we, we are supposed to pray to God, give us this day our daily bread, maybe this should go without saying, but this is not an invitation for us not to work and just wait for the bread to fall down from the sky <laughs> to us. That's something that I've kind of had to deal with in my life. Like, you know, things should just come to me, right? It should all just happen. Um, but even in the desert, they actually had to go get the bread. It didn't just like fall right into their jars. They had to go get it. Um, but even more than that, you know, we know Paul says if, if someone doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. And we have Jesus talking about the parable of the talents, like the things that we're given we're supposed to work with and use to God's glory. Um, and so there's a balance in that, that we could be dependent on God, but that's not in any way a, like a denial of our responsibility to work. Like God gives us the things to do and when we pray give us this day our daily bread we're praying the whole thing that the answer to that prayer might be not just like bread falling from the sky or free food from somewhere the answer to that might be god gives us a skill that we can use to make money and if we if it's a really good skill maybe we make enough so that we have some left over and we can share bread from that too right so i want to just be real careful to hit the practicals as well as the spiritual. God's after a spiritual lesson in our hearts about teaching us how to relate to Him and what we can expect from Him. But He also blesses the practical. Let's let's work for the things that with the things that God gives us, and see His blessing come on that as we do it for Him and not to manage our own to be our own security. You see, the difference is subtle. It's easy to slip off the edge, and this is another reason why we need that daily. Communion with God. I love the phrase "daily bread." I don't think it's anywhere else in the Bible, and you don't really hear it anywhere else. But that daily aspect is really important, and that kind of goes into the um, the next thing that I felt like God wanted to show us from this passage is that um, when we're when we're talking about our daily bread. It's also one of the things that we're asking is for the Lord's guidance on our lives, right? If you remember Jesus, when he was being tempted, when he was himself physically hungry, right? He went out in the desert and he was tempted by the, by the enemy. And Satan was trying to get him to, what? Provide his own bread rather than live in dependence on the Father. And what he told the devil was that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. That's Matthew 4:4. but Jesus was quoting, all the things that he said to the devil when he was being tempted were um, quotes from the Old Testament. And this one is from Deuteronomy 8:3. and it's a point it's a place in the text there. Where Moses is calling the Israelites' mind back to the lesson of the manna. He said, You found out that you can't live by bread alone, but it's the, the word, it's the what comes from the mouth of God that actually sustains you. And so Jesus is kind of taking it here from just the physical also the spiritual that we need the guidance of the lord on a day by day basis just like we need bread and again that doesn't mean that we should sit around and do nothing until we like feel in our hearts that like okay jesus told me to you know that's not exactly what he means by guidance but he means that as we go about in our day to day life it's not just the things that we see that are the things that we need we need his word spoken into our hearts, into our lives, to guide us as we go through our day. So this area of the Lord's guidance is a, another huge one where we tend to try to do our own thing, right? I don't know if you are like this, but if, if the Lord, I feel like, shows me something, like a, a revelation for what, you know, what I'm supposed to pursue or what I'm supposed to do, I, it's real easy for me to go, oh, thank you, God. Like, okay, I'll take it from here now. Like, I have my orders and here I go. And I just leave God. Does, does that make sense? Does anyone else have that feeling sometimes? But um, what God is, is looking for is like a, a constant walk with him, that we live on a daily basis on the word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And maybe, you know, God gives you revelation, and then the next day he doesn't tell you anything different Then it is, I think, fine to just continue with what you've got. But You don't want to have that attitude of be like, okay, that's enough revelation for me. I've got it. I'm just going to do this now. We want to always be listening for the spiritual bread that God might want to give us in leading us through our lives. And so as we kind of look at how this this bread image is used in different ways throughout Scripture, that was one that really stood out to me, that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And, um, you know, we see in, um, it's Hebrews, right? Hebrews chapter 1, that um, that Jesus is always sustaining the world by his powerful word. And uh, that might be a good way to think of it. Like, although we kind of think that we sustain ourselves and that we have our own thing going, if if Jesus took his hand off the wheel for just one second, like, not only would it like like our life start to unravel, like the whole thing unravels. Like he's holding the world together on an atomic level by his powerful word, the word of his creation. And um, when you think about it like that, it makes it. it you know, we kind of seem a little silly when we think that we can hold our hold our stuff together on our own, right? Um. So God's upholding hand. Not our wisdom or our skill um, or any of our talents, which, by the way, also were given to us by the Lord, right? Another thing that's so easy for us to take is like, okay, I have these things. Now I consider this to be something that's good in me that I can use. But all those things were gifts from God too, spoken into us by his word. And so the more we can live in that, the more we'll see that it's, it's his hand holding us up. It's not our wisdom or our skill that's the source of our life. Yeah, let me just say that one one more time because it's hard for me to remember. It's God's upholding hand, not our wisdom or skill that is the source of our life. He's our provision. He gives us the bread that our body needs, the bread that our spirit needs as well. and from there it's a it's a pretty easy step into into seeing, you know, this last image. This one um alluded to during communion. But Jesus said what did he say about the bread of communion? Jesus said, "I am the bread of life." So, if you want to turn to John, chapter six, this one. Um, this one is worth looking at. Um, and it's funny how all this, uh, in all these references, this uh, this thing about manna in the desert just keeps on coming up, right? Jesus, what Jesus said, you know, we, we talked about the uh, original event where Moses told them to gather and how much to gather and whether they could store up extra of it and all that. But then when Jesus, you know, refuted the enemy, he used that, that verse that calls back to that story that talks about God's provision more than our... And, and then when he told people that he was the bread of life, it was also because they had brought up the manna. So in John 6, um, you know, people were, people were always questioning Jesus about everything that he did. So finally, you know, they were just like, well, you got to prove yourself to us and show us a sign. So in John 6, verse 30, they said to him, What sign will you do that we may see and believe you? What work will you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. shall never thirst. (laughs) But kind of in a little bit of rebuke to the people that were questioning him, he says, I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe, but all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And he goes on later, I mean, there's, man, there's more good stuff. We don't, I don't want to read it all right now, but he later goes back to the same statement in verse 48. He says, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, And they died. But this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So there's a ton that we could... Talk about in that passage, but just a couple things that I wanted to bring out. You know, yes, we need the word of the Lord in our daily lives for guidance, but God doesn't want to be just an external source of guidance for us. Like we do our own thing, and when we need guidance, we come to Him, we get our fill, and then leave. That's not the model that is being given here. When Jesus now is taking it to, I am the bread of life the picture is of us taking jesus himself into our hearts being filled with his spirit so that we have a constant source of life inside us that there's this ongoing relationship then that's that's what jesus modeled time and again with with his relationship with his father he was constantly with him he was always receiving moment by moment what was what was coming in what was going out it was all from the Father. And that's what he was inviting us into by saying, I am the bread of life. This is not just a resource that's coming to you from somewhere else, and then you go and use it. Jesus says, like, I am with you here. I'm the bread that comes down from heaven, and if you join with me, then you'll have that life filling you as well. He's inviting us to join in his life. I think that is why the image of the body is is so interesting like the bread is something that you take in and the the little molecules get broken down and they actually become part of you right and this is also right after Jesus said this, you know he talked about, okay, you know if you want to come to me, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood and people were like, "We're out, we don't <laughs> we we don't get it. Like, what is this hard saying that you're going to say? And uh, he asked the disciples, you know, are, are you guys going to leave too? Did I, you know, did I push you all away? And, and Peter's response kind of sums it up, right? He says, you know, Lord, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life. And you hear that again. We don't live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And Peter had made that connection that the words of Jesus were authoring life in them as they stayed with him. Um, He wasn't just a speaker for the disciples, which is the model for us. He wasn't just a speaker that they went to go see somewhere in the wilderness and then they left with the, you know, magical bread that he gave them. But for, for them, he was a constant part of their lives. They lived every moment together with him and they felt the impact of his word bringing life to them. And although we don't have a physical Jesus to walk around with, that's the kind of spiritual relationship that the Father wants to have with us. That we would make Jesus so much a part of our everyday life, our day-to-day, that like in all the things we do, we'd be hearing His Word and having that Word release life inside us. That we'd be empowered to do the things that He has for us. And also, that we would just experience the blessing of eternal life. Jesus, you know, Jesus said, you know, what is eternal life that, except that they would know you, God, and, and Jesus, and me who you've sent? And so, like, we're not just talking about physical provision in the sense of survival, we're talking about an overflow into eternal life. Like, the, the provision that God has for us in that sense is so big that it goes way beyond just giving us what we need to make it through this life. He's giving us the beginnings of eternal life in our spirit right now, through his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus inside us. And that, you know, that life that we're, that we're meant to experience is just a a joining in what Jesus is already doing. So does that kind of make sense how give us this day our daily bread is about a little more than just the food that we want to have? This is about the physical and the spiritual provision to live a life that is everything Jesus has for us, and not any more and not any less. You know, we want to be really wary of any, um, you know, quote-unquote gospel that promises us Abundance or is all about us, this, this. This is for you, this is for you, this is for you. Jesus brought God to the center of it. And he did the Father's will. Jesus was never rich. In fact, he was mostly homeless, usually. And he, you know, he didn't have any bread with him when he fed the 5,000 either. The miracle that he did also provided for his physical needs. And so... In, in finishing off here, I just wanted to make explicit because, you know, we talk about give us this day our daily bread. And it's not wrong to pray that. Those are the very words that Jesus used. It's okay to pray about you. Pray about us. Give, give, <laughs> give us what we need, God, please. But um, what he's actually after giving us is his life inside us. And when we have that It's not so much being concerned about our own needs. It's about joining with him in what he's doing and finding that we have all we need to pursue it.